I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. This Justin, a hero is more than a sandwich. Tyler getting it done. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the LeBron James Stanson, the one more thing king. I only said that because he's not here for the first segment. Isaac will join me for the second two segments. We today are going to talk about Jalen Brunson. We'll talk about him a little bit, what exactly he could have brought to this Mavericks team, what he uh, is going to bring next year. We'll talk about Jalen Brunson in the third segment, and then we'll also revisit our James Johnson trade target idea that we talked about yesterday. It was a decent idea at the time, and now I've kind of talked myself into it. We get some opinions from guys that have actually watched James Johnson. I went back and you know watched a little bit of him, so... That's what we're going to talk about today, Uh, but before we get to all that, I want to answer one of our five-star Apple Podcast review questions. If you want to get a question in from us, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and put a question in. You'll get it, just like Jagsus did. Huge fan, long-time listener question, what are realistic trade packages the Mavericks could send for players like Beal and Giannis? So, we've answered, we've kind of answered this question a little bit. We've, we've talked about the possibility of it. We've obviously talked about Giannis coming and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to answer this question because I think that there are... We, we talk about the hypotheticals a lot, but let's put together an actual package. First of all, I just want to preface both of these trades by saying there are none. There are no acceptable packages that the Mavericks could put together by themselves for Beal and Giannis. I just don't think so. Definitely not Giannis and probably not Beal either. Uh, but a package that works, that if, say, they did some sort of Porzingis deal where you look at the two sides and you say, yeah, Porzingis is worth way more than, like, you know, Dennis and these veterans that they're going to waive and these two draft picks that are probably not going to be very good, right? Like, that trade didn't really make any sense. There have other there have been other trades that didn't really make any sense for superstars over the years. But if, for some reason, the Bucks and the Wizards decide to do one of these deals then these these are up there, right? Like these these are viable. They're workable. The one for Giannis is kind of interesting. Porzingis, Curry, Brunson, the 2020 number 18 pick, and the 2020 20, the 2020 uh, 31st pick. So the first pick of the second round, the Warriors pick that the Mavericks have for Giannis and George Hill to make the contracts work. Obviously, to, if you're getting Borzingis, Curry, Brunson, and you know, mid first round pick and an early second round pick, that's obviously not enough for Giannis. And then you also get George Hill for the Mavericks out of it. But that works in the trade machine. Like that, that's a deal that works. So if they get super desperate and realize that Giannis is leaving and around the draft, they're like, man, we got to recoup something for him then that's a package. I think other teams can do a lot better than that, but that's one that works. Again, same exact kind of concept concept for Beal. Tim Hardaway Jr., Curry, Brunson, same kind of same kind of deal, young talent. 2020 18th pick, the 2020 31st pick for Beal, straight up. Uh, it's a little different. You get Tim Hardaway Jr. instead for Beal. Uh, I don't know if I would do the Porzingis one. You'd have to do something else with the salaries again to make it work, but you get that extra... You know, you get a young guard, you get Curry, you get, 
you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., you get to re- recoup your back, your you know, your backcourt basically, get those two draft picks. Again, not enough for Beal, but if they got super desperate, that's a deal that works. That's a deal that works. They get the cap space as well for Tim Hardaway Jr. when he either opts out or decides whatever he wants to do. So those are two trades that work in the trade machine. If they get real desperate, <laughs> that, that could happen. Imagine uh, Luca, Porzingis, and Beal. That's a man. That's an off. See, that's one. I'm that's one. I'm for. I'm for that kind of trade. Uh, I'm not for like the Buddy Heel type trade, but that this one I'm for. If it's something like that. All right, let's touch a little bit on the you know, game four of the uh, the NBA Finals before we bring in Isaac to talk about James Johnson and Jalen Brunson. So Lakers win 102 to 96. They take a 3-1 lead. The Miami Heat uh, brought Bam back. Bam actually played. He played 33 minutes, and I thought he looked pretty good in this game. He had 15.7 boards. He, you know, was guarding Anthony Davis a lot. He was um, kind of their focal, focal point of the offense, but his, his playmaking just wasn't there in this game. Um, you had Duncan Robinson had a huge night, 17 points. He was just firing from all cylinders. He, on that dribble handoff stuff, where he can just come around the corner. This is stuff I wish that the Mavericks would do with Curry a little bit more where he can basically a player has the ball and they they dribble hand it off to the other, other player then they run around the other player and they hand it back off to him on the other side and he gets off a three like Duncan Robinson does that probably the best in the league and I think I saw that he had 77 threes off dribble handoffs this year which is 15 more than anybody else in the NBA that's wild Jimmy Butler Still a really, really good night for him. 22 points, 10 boards, 9 assists, 3 steals, and a block. This is not going to be enough against this Lakers team. Even though this Heat team was in it the whole game. The whole game. I, I'm going to venture out and say, and you guys listening long time know that I am a Lakers fan. Uh, I can't admit that. But I'm going to go out and say if they had Dragic in this game, if they had Dragic in this series, and if Bam wasn't hurt, this series might be 3-1 in Miami's favor. Like, this Miami team is playing so hard. They're so well coached. They Their defense was so solid for so much of the night. And then just, you know, LeBron and AD come out, and they just overpower the defense. There's just nothing you could do at a certain point with guys that are that good. It's why stars are so important in the NBA, which is why... Mavericks have Luka Doncic. At some point, there's nothing defenses can do to stop Luka, which is why you love him so much. So, on the other side of the ball, LeBron. 28 points, 12 boards, 8 assists. Isaac (laughs) texted me before the game and said, you know, this is going to be another one of those games where LeBron goes off in the fourth and people are going to be talking about him as the GOAT. Kind of happened exactly the way he said. I don't know if people are talking about LeBron as the GOAT. We, again, obviously think he's not. But, man... Great game from him. He, you know, he went off in this game as as much as he can, you can go off in him scoring 28 points, which is kind of pedestrian for him. But he scored some really crucial buckets down the stretch. Anthony Davis, 22 points, nine boards, four assists, four blocks. He was huge on defense. He just absolutely, like, thwarted so many Miami possessions, and those four blocks don't even give the whole picture of it. He was plus 17 in this game. And plus minus LeBron is a minus two and you know plus single game plus minus doesn't tell the whole story but that tells a story when everybody else in the Lakers is you know Dwight Howard is plus three Danny Green was plus five KCP was plus eight Kuzma was minus four Rondo was plus eight Caruso was minus five Marcus Morris or Markeith Morris was was zero plus zero and Anthony Davis is plus 17 the key is such an impact anytime he came into the game the Lakers were going to go on some kind of run he's just that kind of crazy player. He's having such an incredible finals. I would not be surprised if he's the finals MVP at all. I wouldn't be. 
I think he's played that that great. LeBron maybe in this game statistically had his number, and then last game Anthony Davis was in foul trouble. But the Lakers lost the game. Anthony Davis was in foul trouble, <laughs> right? I mean that kind of proves it all as how much impact Anthony Davis has on this team. The player that I want to talk about though the most is Contavious Caldwell Pope. We've mentioned him so many different times as oh could he be a target for the for the you know the Mavs and all that. And we kind of laughed when the Lakers signed him to that huge deal the first time. And then they re-signed him this past summer and to a, to a smaller deal. So he kind of got the, um, you know, the, the sweetheart deal, the clutch deal, I guess, the first time. And then the second time around, he doesn't get it as much. But uh, KCP, 15 points, 5 assists. He was absolutely huge. He had some early threes and late threes that were massive in this game. Lakers take a 3-1 lead. They will hopefully, for me, close it out. Anybody else, if you want a longer finals, these games have actually been pretty good. They haven't been complete blowouts, as some people have tried to say that they are. But that's what we got in the finals. Coming up, we'll hear from Isaac Harris, talk about our James Johnson trade idea. If you're against it, just, just hear us out, okay? you got to listen to us and hear us out. So we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Built Bar is the incredible bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The entire network is just raving about them. They are an incredible bar. They have this new product called Built Go as well. Go to their website, BuiltBar.com. Go check it out, the Built Go. It's a new pouch that is 1.5 ounces. It's like a, a, a peanut butter consistency Built Bar, and it also has caffeine in it. Go check those out. Those are really great. But the bars are also great too. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. Example, the peanut butter bar has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. 5 grams of sugar for a bar that is covered in 100% chocolate. The chocolate is awesome on them. Built Bar right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Isaac, welcoming in, Isaac Harris, he's here. It's like, like, like phone a friend on like who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> who wants to join me for the second and third segment? <laughs> just call just call people. You should just start we should start a new thing. Just call people up what, in, while we're recording. <laughs> I have done that. We've had we've had how many like listeners? We've had seven, nine, seven to eight. That was listeners. like halfway planned though. I'm talking like I, in the was, moment. It was planned, but yeah. All right, let's get into our conversation that we kind of had yesterday. We we talked about a little bit. We joked around about it, but I looked into this a little bit more. Isaac, your idea of trading for James Johnson as a potential trade target. I want to get into that. So I reached out to, you know, the host of Locked on Heat, David Ramil. I also reached out to host of Locked on Wolves, Timberwolves, Ben Beacon. And I asked him about James Johnson. And so here's what David Ramil said about James Johnson. And I asked, I asked David Ramil, I said, is James Johnson washed? Because he's watched him the most out of anybody, right? He watches the Heat every single day. He covers them every single day. And so he watched him the most. He said, no, I don't think he's washed. I just don't trust any other team maximizing his skills at this point. He's a good at everything, but so inconsistent, it's hard to find time for him kind of guy. Teammates loved him. He's similarly inconsistent on defense tools are there he's a very poor man's lebron james on defense but you never know i've seen him stick with lebron and Giannis for possessions and look clueless against lesser players on other possessions it's maddening he got paid likes to enjoy himself and his weight can fluctuate without miami system he could easily flounder okay now what i take from that is i feel like i feel like dallas has an infrastructure that could work for a guy like this right the first name that came to my mind when when i talked about this and we even posted our link yesterday of you know our, our fit conversation between the two GMs talking about James Johnson and our friend Kirk from Mavs Moneyball said, oh, 
you know, let, let me tell you about a guy that only wants to do things that, that are good for him, right? And so he said that, and I thought, you know what? This kind of reminds me of Monte Ellis, right? Like people were out on Monte Ellis and they thought that he was a selfish guy, only in it for himself, and that he was kind of done. And then all of a sudden he comes to Dallas and they revitalize his career. They're obviously very different players and kind of different parts of their career, but I, I think I could see a place for him. Oh, yeah, 100%. And here's, here's a piece of advice. Here's an equation for people out there that you can use in life and in anything. Results minus expectations equal success. So... If you go into, like, it's it's important to talk about James Johnson in the context of we're not asking him to be Draymond Green. We wouldn't ask him to be Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I think there is an in-between of that that you could bring him into, not have to give up a ton and bring him in on an expiring deal. And I think a system like this, yeah, it didn't work out in Miami, but it's, I mean, whatever's in Minnesota, I, like, let's give it a shot. Like, that's the thing. It's like it's more of taking a shot at it for the idea of it that I think would work well in Dallas. And a lot of times you and I come up with some of these trade ideas, especially the Victor Oladipo one was kind of like this, where it's more there's more levels to it than just player-for-player player trade, right? Than just, oh, DeLon has more potential than James Johnson, so why would we give up that guy, right? Why would we just do that straight up? Well, there's contract things involved, too, where James Johnson, he's making $16 million on that that player option if and when he picks that, even when yeah. he picks that up. Um that's a one-year expiring deal. DeLon Wright's deal is for a little bit longer, for $9 million. And so if you trade those two players, then all of a sudden you create $9 more million in cap space for the 2021 summer, which we've been talking about forever as being the summer where you know all these stars are available. So it's, a, it's about that as well, where you create the flexibility and you could potentially have a player come in that is you know could be beneficial. He could still be good on defense. Like David Ramil said, he has all the tools and he can be there. He's just been inconsistent. He was inconsistent on a Miami team that was kind of going nowhere, right? Like that Miami team before he was gone wasn't really going anywhere. It was kind of a middle of the road before he left. And now they're in the finals so everyone's like oh this is such a great Miami team they weren't always like that this Miami team was kind of stuck in the mud for a little bit there and so I kind of understand where he was there he did get paid and so he's going to come back and his contract's going to be up again so he might want to get paid again could that become trouble could that become another you know Nerlens Noel type situation where he just wants to get his stats and he's not really helping winning like maybe but uh, I don't know if you can hear my dog in the background I can hear your dog growling it's James Johnson brings you the toughness. We talked about it yesterday. We have, I mean, the purpose of the Tuesday podcast is we do these, you know, trade target Tuesdays and we, we look at player. We've been going through each team. So if you've missed on Tuesdays for some reason, go back and to, for the past four or five Tuesdays and hear us as we're They're going. They're all called Mavs trade targets and then the teams next to it. Literally, we're going alphabetically through every team in the league and looking at targets. And one of the common themes for us is looking at it and saying, all right, well, when I look at a roster, who is a gettable, you know, enforcer type of player that we want on this team? Somebody that, and James Johnson fits this bill that he's not just an enforcer, but he's a vet too. He's 33. And I don't think it would cost a ton to get him. Now, I think Minnesota could hold on to him and try to package him into a bigger deal because if they want to swing yeah. for a bigger deal, then that's, I mean, his contract is an expiring deal. So those bigger expiring deals as we've seen with the Porzingis deal, uh, when you have DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews, they really help out if you're going to swing for the fences for a bigger deal. And so, yeah, I, I like the I like trying to get James Johnson. And what you mentioned mentioned with Dillon Wright is 
even if it didn't work, even if it just flamed out and you're like, it, and it was DeLon and Justin for James Johnson. And you buy him out, right? Yeah. Even if you buy James Johnson out at the trade deadline, you're like, I'm done with this guy. We don't want him on the team anymore. And you buy him out, right? Even if it goes that bad. I don't know if I would want to buy him out, but... but I'm just saying, if it goes yeah, that yeah. bad, right? So it gets to that point. Yeah. You're still off the books for that $9 million of DeLon Wright in 2021. And like you said, too... You know, I know somebody was like, "All right, we're too low on Delon." It's not. It's it's the fact that the money Delon just played just fifty three minutes in the playoffs. He got two DNPCDs out of six games in the playoffs. So we're talking about two players in Justin and Delon that didn't play hardly hardly any in the playoffs for a guy that James Johnson. That if it does work. He could actually get minutes for you in the playoffs. I mean, look at what Michael Kidd Gilchrist did in a short amount of time, and we all freaked out. He would be a better version <laughs> of that, I think. And so that that's the thing that, uh, yes, if we if we can go get James Johnson for a reason. Now, where it gets iffy is Delon, Justin, and first round in the 18th pick. I don't know if I'm I'm willing to do that. Yeah. Like we we just haven't seen enough for James Johnson. But in my mind, that's more of a Delon and Justin is more of a hey, let's let's take a swing at this and bring him in and yeah, bring him off the bench, all that. You mentioned uh, adding him into a you know a bigger deal, and that's probably what Minnesota's going to try to do. That's what Ben Beacon told me. He's the host of Locked On Timberwolves. And I asked him about James Johnson. He saw him for 14 games, I think. Uh, and so he said, I definitely think he can still be effective. He's best suited as a bench big that can play the four or the small ball five, which we're totally into. He can shoot the three ball all of a sudden, and he's still pretty switchable, which is huge for us. Obviously overpaid, and it's weird that he fell out of favor so fast in Miami, but teammates and coaches loved him in 14 games in Minnesota. Wolves are definitely going to try and use him to match salaries in a major trade this year. His on-ball defense is a thing that has obviously slipped a bit, but it's still a really smart player and a tough player. The two things that, that stayed the same for both David and Ben, having seen James Johnson a lot last year, is that teammates loved him, right? And the Mavericks love guys like that, that teammates love him, coaches love him. And if that's the case, then that's a guy that, you know, that checks one box off the, off the Mavericks and Isaac's showing me his hair again. Uh, and we love his hair. So that <laughs> counts for something else. I just think that this is an interesting idea and it's sort of an out of the box player that we don't usually talk about a lot. That's kind of been outside of the spotlight because he kind of got thrown away in <laughs> Minnesota. But I think that this could could be a good deal after looking into it a little bit. His three ball is is OK, right? Like he he can competently hit down hit a three and maybe he's been working on it with that all those you know lifetime fitness runs he's been on with that crazy blonde hair he's got right now but uh maybe that's something he's definitely worked on it seems like he's ramped that up over the last couple of years in his career and coming to dallas with the space i mean that could be huge for him and then the switchability i mean ben ben beaking mentioned switchability on defense is something huge that the mavericks need they just don't have a lot of guys like that right now and so adding even just another guy you're not asking him to come in like isaac said his, his role would be to come in and play some rotation minutes, right? To guard maybe the second best guy. Dorian will guide the, guard the first best guy. And then, you know, James Johnson will guard the second best guy, right? Where that could work, right? I could see that working out. He could, you know, definitely come in and, and help defend and do that kind of stuff and just be, you know, be a tough guy. Be, be out there. And if Marcus Morris gets into Lucas' face, James Johnson can step up to him and he's going to yes. be the one that you don't want to mess with, right? Like, that's not the main reason why we'd want to bring him in, but it is a really big reason. And I think it's something that this team needs just to, to, to get all those guys together and to uh, give them a little bit of an attitude. I think that this team needs a little bit of that. And we've agreed that the, the defense is so important. Somebody reached out to me and said, 
uh, about Buddy Heald. Why don't you want to bring in Buddy Heald? Why wouldn't you just want the greatest offense in NBA history, which the Mavericks already were? <laughs> he said, why wouldn't you just want the you know 130 points a game with Buddy Heald? To be a championship team, you have to have a solid defense. I think there are very few exceptions to this, and this is literally true. You have to be a top 10, top 11 defense in the, the NBA to, or the to, win a t- to, win, to win a title. I think the Lakers in 01, their second of the three-peat, they were like 21st in offense or in defense, but that's because they were number one in defense the year before, right? They just kind of slacked in the, in the regular season. And I think... Uh, there's another team that was lower on on defense, but it's it's very few exceptions to where you're not a top ten defense winning the title, right? Look at the two teams in in the you know finals right now, the Lakers and the Heat. Those are two teams that can defend at a really high level. The Mavericks have to get together some semblance of a top ten defense, and we've agreed that it's not coaching, right? I don't. We're not getting rid of Rick Carlisle. And Rick Carlisle has coached really good defensive teams. It's personnel, and it just is personnel. So you have to change some kind of personnel up. So adding another defender, I think, could help. Yeah, and we like we said a thousand times, you can have never have enough six seven to six nine guys. He's six seven, six eight, and he checks off the enforcer, and he checks off the vet. So if you can go get a guy like that for relatively cheap and on an expiring deal, he fits all of that. So go get him. Yeah, he hasn't been to the finals. I think he's been in the second round one time in Toronto, but he's at least been in the playoffs, you know, four or five times. And so I think that's that's big. What, so. what the Morris right. brothers are given the LA teams, I probably you probably wouldn't want him to give you as much as what Marcus Morris gave to the, the Clippers as far as that many minutes and starting and stuff. But like that type yeah, not of not offensively or shots. Yeah, that either. type of role, you know, of what, what those Morris you know brothers have given the LA teams, that versatility with the four and you know, the defense, stuff like that. That that's the type of role that you would envision him playing. Another thing that I really noticed just by I went and just watched some you know basic highlights and then I went to his you know looked up some of his stats. He's a pretty good passer as well. He can make a play. Like he averaged I think almost four assists per game with the Timberwolves last year and like you know three or two assists every year before that. Like he can make a he can make a play passing as well. He's not just a hold on to the ball. Especially even when he was on that bad Minnesota team, he wasn't just a hold on to the ball and. Uh, you know, take every shot kind of guy too, which I think is huge. So uh, we're in on the James Johnson idea. Let us know what you think about it. Tweet us at Lockdown Maps, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. Coming up, we're going to talk about Jalen Brunson. We haven't talked a lot about Brunson, but we're going to talk about what he would have brought to the Mavericks this year had he been healthy and what he's going to bring to the Mavericks next year. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, you and I know that talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually people just brush it off. They try and make an excuse. They say something like, you know, oh, I just had a long day at work or I'm tired or, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Make up some kind of excuse. But with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and the privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment available. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. You can talk to somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA and complete an online visit. Go go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk about Jalen Brunson. So Jalen Brunson obviously had the shoulder issue, and he was out. He got in, his 
injured his shoulder on February 22nd. He had surgery on March 14th. He did not go to the bubble. Uh, he did not participate. He stayed back in Dallas to work on his rehab. And uh, he was not there. He was not there in the, in the playoffs, which kind of really stunk. Um, but what do you think, looking back, what would Jalen Brunson have brought to the Mavericks if he was available and if he had gone to the bubble and played in the playoffs? The more I've thought about this, the more I've been really upset about it. Once he he did this uh, interview with Dwayne at Mavs.com, and it's kind of the first that I've seen that we've heard of him, and just uh, reading his comments. Reading Besides his when he stuff, reached out to us and said like, he wanted to come on the pod and then ghosted us. That's true, and then ghosted. And, I, you know, I mean. Brunson, if you're out there, there if you're listening, offer still stands. DMs are open, my friend. <laughs> uh, but, but, no, I, I really – Really, because I think you know, once you got to the bubble, we kind of got a, you know, like used to who who was there and who wasn't there. That I kind of just forgot how much I did miss seeing Brunson on this team. And I, I think looking back on, it, especially next year, looking back at the experience that this team got and Luca and all those guys got a, a plan against the Clippers. I wish JB got that, but just to, just him coming off the bench. Now, I think I think the bigger question would be. Would Trey Burke even happen if JB was there? And that was the that's the biggest thing. Like, would they even sign Trey Burke? Because you know Trey Burke stepped in kind of as a replacement for Brunson, and immediately leap, leapfrogged JJ Barea. And then it wasn't no time that he leapfrogged Delon Wright. <laughs> and so, would he have played with with Brunson? Could they have worked? Would the signing even have happened? I don't know what that situation would have looked like, but I know the Mavericks could have used the playmaking. Decision making and everything that Brunson. You didn't even say that Trey Burke leapfrogged Seth Curry and became the starter for a couple of those playoff games. I mean, he leapfrogged three guys there. Trey Burke had an incredible run in the bubble, but that was the first question I wrote down too: is would they have signed Trey Burke? I don't think so because we talked about they kind of have a glut of point guards. Really, Luca is your main point guard, and then you have Curry, that a lot of people think is a point guard. You have Delon Wright, you have JJ Barea, you have Jalen Brunson. I mean, those are that's four guys right there that all should play point guard, (laughs) right? And Carlisle plays a lot of them at two. He plays Curry and Delon at two. He can even play JJ at two because Carlisle's crazy. But I don't think Trey Burke would have happened, which is kind of weird to think about. We wouldn't right. have had the crazy, you know, Trey Burke game. He wouldn't have started in the, in the playoffs, and uh, and I, I I just wanted to see what Brunson looked like in the playoffs. We know every everything we've said a thousand times. It's like playoffs are different than I think season. Brunson would have done the same thing as Trey Burke. Brunson has shown us that he can have these crazy type games. He's shown us that he can go off in certain games. He showed us that he can have you know the. Uh, you know the random night where he gets like thirty points or so, right? Uh, and say I wanted, I wanted that yeah. moment. That's what I was saying because when you look at his stats for this past season before the shoulder injury, they're really, really similar to his rookie season. There wasn't any huge jump outside of like his free throw percentage. Everything basically stayed the same, and it would, it would have been big for him to get to the bubble and have some big moments. If that was Jalen Brunson who had the moments like Trey Burke had in in the bubble. I think it, we would have been talking about it even more because, you know, Burke's a little bit older. He's a free agent now. He's probably going to get a bigger offer. But if Brunson had those type of moments on this $1.6, $1.8 million <laughs> deal that he's on as a second rounder, we would have been like, let's go. He's, you know, that's another key piece for this team at a really cost efficient price. So I, I, I wish that he was in the bubble, but I, you know, I know he's inching, inching, inching? he's inching, inching forward to get back. Itching, itching, itching to get back on the court with the guys. 
Oh, absolutely. Inching. And they I think Jalen Brunson would have been a little bit of a better playmaker, too. You know, he averaged, you know, just about three and a half assists per game, 1.2 turnovers per game, so decent assist-to-turnover ratio. I think that, you know, he would have been a little bit of better, better playmaker than Trey Burke, and so uh, that would have been, you know, an added bonus. But Trey Burke didn't shoot much better than Jalen Brunson in the regular season. It's not like Trey Burke was a 40% three-point shooter and came in the bubble and just stayed on par, right? He just blew up. And for some guys, the, the bubble yeah. was like that. For some guys, all of a sudden, like Jamal Murray, you come in and you can't miss. Donovan Mitchell, you come in you can't miss. And I think that the bubble was really good for a lot of guys like that. It would have been really cool to see, you know, Jalen Brunson. What about going forward? What do you think about Jalen Brunson going forward? Does, does the... You know, does Jalen Brunson negate bringing back Trey Burke? That that's kind of been our whole conversation with that, and and I don't know. I, I think it might. I think it does because I I don't know if you look at Trey Burke and say he does that much that stuff way better than Brunson, <laughs> right? During the Here's season, the thing, we we all love Trey Burke, yeah, and, and the Mavs love Trey Burke, and we like him. It's just I think there'll be other teams across the league that will like him more for what the Mavericks are willing to pay for him for, and I think what. I think if he comes back to the Mavs, that will show that will be a sign. Not really a shot, but that will be a, at least something to Brunson that you better bring it in camp because, and that will be a battle. I think that we would monitor going into camp that if you know if it comes out at the beginning of free agency and whatever it is, and they they cut in uh, to a little bit of that MLE for Trey Burke and they give him a multi year deal, and you're like, okay. Like riding, let's go, you know, let's go, Brunson. Like I mean, th- this will be a, a camp battle. Not that they can't play together. It's just you already have, like you said, you already have Delon Wright. You already have Seth Curry. We're assuming JJ Barrett's not going to be back. We've talked about that before. But when when you know when Luca is your point guard, you can only. Ha- I know it's Rick Carla. I get it. But you can only have so many guards on your team and on your <laughs> roster. And you know, could it be a, a new form of Berea, Devin Harris, and those guys? I, I don't know. I just that's my thing. I, I think they do kind of overlap some, but and I just think another team out there is just going to give Trey Burke a little bit more money to be a, a solidified backup point guard. But for Brunson, I think he. I mean, what JJ Berea was for this Mavericks team for so long in 2011 and all that stuff that. I think is is Brunson's role moving forward. I think as a sixth, seventh, you know, eighth man, that that's his type of thing. I I don't think he's as good. I don't think he is a starter worthy player right now. But off the bench, I like him in that sixth, seventh backup. Absolutely, point guard. and this could be a different situation point guard wise we talk about having a glut of point guards but if they make one of these moves that includes delon Wright, some of these moves we've been talking about the james johnson move or even if they put him in the oladipo move you know trade or whichever ones we've been talking about if delon's gone and jj barea moves to a coaching role or he's just not back with the team then all of a sudden you have luca curry and you know brunson and that's it right then all of a sudden you're like okay we can bring back trey burke and there's minutes for both of them right i think if all if both those other two guys are gone then there then i think there's minutes for them or if they make a move that includes seth curry you just never know what they're going to do this summer so yeah it'll be really interesting to see what they do with trey burke brunson has to do with it uh I like this one quote that he said in the, in the Mavs.com piece about Luca. Uh, he was very happy to see that Luca got fourth in MVP voting. And he said, I know individual awards are great, but just knowing him, I know he wants to win and win and win and do whatever it takes to win. He wants to move us on to the second round, vie for the conference finals and the NBA finals. I know individual awards are great. Uh, you know, he wants to, he wants to win. Uh, so I don't think Luca cares about most improved player. I just want to... <laughs> Point that out again. Another 
I don't think Luca cares about any of the awards except for. So I don't know winning. why some people in Mavs media are making such a big deal about most improved Who player. Who would care? We're above that, Nick. We don't care about any other awards except for. Uh, since you pulled out a quote, I want to pull out one quote that I like from the Mavs.com piece with Dwayne. And when Brunson was talking about just the expectations for this team. And he said, we accomplished what we wanted and to be where we wanted. Brunson said, it's a first step. And after taking that first step, I think everyone is looking forward now to building on that and doing what we have to do to be mm. even better. And we, I just like that he, you know, for some people out there, they're very, they're very hey, it's either title or bust. It's title or, you know, this season sucked. And for him to acknowledge what a lot of us have acknowledged as fans, as media, as whatever it is, for us to acknowledge that, we said before the season, if for them making the playoffs, that is a success. That is the first step. And for him to acknowledge this in there is like, this is what we wanted. The playoffs was, you know, their goal and reaching that. That's a good first step. Now moving forward, the expectations go up a notch, and this is where it starts to get real over the next two, three, four years. And I, I just like that he, you know, admitted that, acknowledged that, and it, it's cool to see. Hey, we got our first step. Now, absolutely. There you go, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Boom. Peace out. Sandwich, sandwich. I'm in love with you. You've got lettuce and tomatoes too.